The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by the Combank Baggy Green National Tour. It's one way they're helping to support local communities impacted by bushfires. For more information, head to combank.com.au forward slash bushfire recovery. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Thursday the 13th of February. In your squiz today, addressing Indigenous disadvantage, trouble for the gnats, wild weather and best in show. This is your squiz today. The 12th Closing the Gap report was delivered to Parliament yesterday. It's an annual review that looks at Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander wellbeing in terms of outcomes across health, education and employment. While there were improvements in some areas, both our political and Indigenous leaders agree that things aren't good enough, with PM Scott Morrison calling the gap a national shame, Claire. It's a disappointing result on top of previous uh, reports that show that we're not on track to close that gap. There's a number of targets that uh, are set in that report and each year they come back to say how they're going. We've only met two of the seven targets this year. Uh, That is on preschool education and also having more Indigenous kids going through to year 12. But there's some really big areas of concern that relate to health and employment. One of those examples is that in 2018, the Indigenous child mortality rate was twice the rate for non-Indigenous children. There seems to be consensus for a new community-led approach. How's this going to work? Yeah, both Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese were saying yesterday in the parliament that things have to change, uh, particularly that this closing the gap process has never really been in partnership with Indigenous people. That's Scott Morrison's view. So the Indigenous Affairs Minister, Ken Wyatt, uh, in partnership with Pat Turner, who is a a well-respected Indigenous health administrator and advocate, uh, have to get those new targets together and have them signed off relatively soon so they can crack on with it. Yeah, they're hoping those targets will be signed off by June. Let's stick with Australian politics for a moment now and check in on the National Party's woes. Michael McCormack survived a leadership challenge last week from Barnaby Joyce, but he's not exactly resting easy. He really isn't. It's been a fairly turbulent time for the Nationals in our federal parliament this week. Uh, there was, of course, what happened earlier in the week with uh, Labor and that little ginger group of Nats banding together to get their candidate through as deputy speaker. Uh, also suggestions that they have leaked information uh, about the inner workings of a 100th birthday party of all things uh, that was to be put on in Melbourne a little bit later this year. Uh, Of course McCormack has responded. He says that he's going to fight, that he's not there to bend to the the rabble, that he's there to do a job. So yeah, it's not settling down anytime soon. Jumping over to US politics now and the process for electing the Democrat presidential candidate continues with the New Hampshire primary. One thing's for sure, it's gone a whole lot more smoothly than the Iowa caucus. Yes. What's the state of play? That didn't take a lot. The Iowa caucus, no. of course, was um, was a real disaster. Uh, where it's up to is that Bernie Sanders is in the lead. He's taken 25.7% of the vote, followed by uh, Pete Buttigieg on 
four, and then Amy Klobuchar, who is a bit of a surprise uh, contender on 19.8%. That's thrown up all sorts of questions about the viability of the ongoing campaigns for Elizabeth Warren, uh, also for Joe Biden, the former vice president. While these two contests aren't huge in terms of the number of votes, uh, and they're also quite particular because uh, they're not necessarily representative of the demographic of the rest of America, uh, they do have big impacts on the ongoing campaigns because it does sort of give an indication about where the field is settling. And there's still a long way to go. The next vote will take place in Nevada in a bit over a week. Over to today's update on COVID-19, which is the new name for the coronavirus. There are four Australians amongst the 15 new cases that have developed on the quarantined Diamond Princess cruise ship. That's the one that's docked in Tokyo. And it, of course, uh, has that mandatory two-week quarantine period that's due to end on the 19th of February, but it's still a bit unclear about whether passengers and crew who came into contact from those latest who have been uh, found to have confirmed cases of that COVID-19, whether they need to undergo additional periods periods of quarantine. Um, there's quite a few more Australians on that ship. So Greg Hunt, uh, the Federal Health Minister, has announced a mental health line for Aussies uh, stuck on that ship to call into. It's quite a trying ordeal for them. A quick numbers update. More than 1,100 have died so far, mostly in mainland China. We spoke yesterday about tensions building between Syria and Turkey. Those tensions haven't been helped with Turkey shooting down a Syrian military helicopter. It's been another uh, event in those escalating tensions. President Erdogan from Turkey says that there's a heavy price for Syria to pay uh, by not heeding its warning uh, of really pushing through that Idlib province, which is pushing more uh, refugees to Turkey's border. He's going to have a conversation, reports say, with Russian President Vladimir Putin about the situation. Uh, Putin is involved because he's a big backer of the Syrian government, so he holds some sway there. Uh, but what Erdogan has said is that there's a serious price to pay and that more is to come. Back home now, and with fires, floods and now a potential cyclone, it's been quite a few months of wild weather for the East Coast, Claire. Tell us about Tropical Cyclone UAC. That tropical cyclone has been coming uh, down from New Caledonia. Um, the biggest impact for us is expected to be felt between Queensland's Fraser Island through to New South Wales, Port Macquarie. So it's quite a big piece of coast. Uh, the fear there is more coastal erosion. Uh, there's been a lot of rain, of course, as you said, particularly from last weekend that has seen big tides take out a lot of the sand uh, and a lot of those coastal areas. So uh, it's another really big piece of weather that's going to be uh, potentially damaging for us. Finally, Claire, if you can walk through life with one eighth of the confidence of the winner of the Westminster Kennel Dog Club show, then you're <laughs> sorted. What a pooch. I know, cyber, oh. uh, the standard poodle. And, I don't you know, know why. poodles it's a are pretty. Poodle. 
breeding. <laughs> She's not well, standard. There's three, <laughs> there's three sizes, but definitely right. not standard by any <laughs> other measure. Rather gorgeous. Lots of hair. Lots of work that's clearly gone into this. Poodles uh, have a bit of a thing with the Westminster Kennel Club dog show. They've had pretty good success in the past. But Cyber became best in show yesterday, which is a pretty big achievement. The crowd favourite was a golden retriever called Daniel. They were actually cheering for him. The judge was um, copying really quite a spray, but uh, no, Cyber was the winner. And a golden retriever's never won, even though they're such never a won. popular dog. Look, these prejudices go, you know, past people. It goes into all sorts of facets of life and it feels like um, for dogs it's a real thing. There's honestly so many amazing hairstyles, so many amazing pictures. Head to the Squiz Today email to check that out. It's a bit of a favourite event at Squiz HQ. Oh, absolutely. What's the subject line today? The subject line today goes to that poodle. Um, When I looked at it, uh, she reminds me of an old neighbour of ours that was into jive (laughs) dancing. So that's what song I got stuck in my head. So I've gone for the Bee Gees. It's just your jive talking. I like it. I like it. Look, it's a bit of a stretch and it's a bit in my head, but come along with me. This is your this is your thing. Wednesday goes. <laughs> if it's an excuse to check out the poodle, go and do it. It's really, really oh, good. Has to be done, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's all for today. You can always come and find us over on social media, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We always post the squiz sayings on Twitter especially, so if you do want more of our particular type of puns, that's where we are. Have a great day otherwise, and we will chat to you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.